we're starting this series. Last week we started this series, Believe For It. And throughout these next five weeks, we actually are going to be people who believe that God can answer our prayers. That we're not just praying because we have to. We're not just praying because it's the right thing to do. We're actually going to believe that God can answer prayer. Now, for some of you, you emailed into prayer at daybreakairdry.com. You sent in your belief for it prayer, and we've already started to pray for that. That's going to be your way to communicate to us. Uh, to go, this is what I believe, and I believe that God wants us to align ourselves with other people in this community. If I was to tell you that you could have 15 minutes with Jesus this afternoon, and you could make one request of him, what would be your request? If you could ask him for anything, would you ask for protection, a new job, money? What would you ask for? The disciples got this opportunity at one point. Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says this, One day when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. Friends, why, of all the things they could have asked Jesus, why did they ask that question? I think it was because of what they saw in Jesus' prayer life. They saw him pray, and they saw what happened. It's interesting that the disciples watched Jesus preach the greatest sermons ever. They watched him do miracles. They watched him heal the sick, raise the dead, do all kinds of other things, and never once did they say, Lord, teach us to preach. Lord, teach us to do miracles. Lord, teach us how to raise someone from the dead. Instead, they simply said, Lord, teach us to pray. They recognized that was the key to his life. My friends here at Daybreak, there is nothing more vital to your Christian life than prayer. Last week, we, we started our series called Believe For It. There's a lot of faulty misconceptions about prayer. There's a lot of ignorance about how prayer works and why we pray and when to pray. Maybe you're like me. Sometimes I think it's like a magic wand. We kind of wave it at something and it's this superstitious approach and you kind of get what you want. God's almost like Aladdin, that genie. You rub the vase and God comes out and you pray the request and God goes, my wish is your command. Or maybe some of you think... Prayer is like a first aid kit. It's that act of desperation. It's that sign that's on the fire extinguisher that says, use only in case of emergency. For a lot of us, prayer is like that. It's the last resort. It's when things fall apart, then you pray. It's like a, a deacon who came to his pastor one day. The pastor said, I, 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 I guess... All we can do is pray. And the deacon said, has it come to that? For us, prayer is, is the last thing. 
You do everything you can. And then when you've exhausted that, then you pray. But maybe for some of us, prayer is like a tug-of-war. You know, that religious kind of game that you play with God where you try to convince God to do something nice for you. The idea is that you, if you beg long enough, that God is some cold-hearted monarch that is sitting a mile, million miles away in outer space and you have to urge and beg and plead and convince him that he ought to do something good for you. It's like a sales pitch. You keep pestering God until God gets so irritated that he finally says, okay, I'll give it to you. And he gives in. It's like conning God into giving you what you want, and if you pray hard enough and long enough, eventually he'll give in. The worst idea, or the worst misconception about prayer is, for some of us, prayer is just a religious duty. The, the basic motivation for us is just out of guilt. I, I know I should pray more. It becomes a duty. You have this sense of obligation that if you don't pray, you'll get on God's bad list. As a result, you go through life with this meaningless ritual that simply becomes a rut. You've learned memorized phrases. You've caught enough religious cliches. You say the same thing over and over and over again. Friends, if you don't believe me, Think of the prayers that you prayed this week during mealtime. It's totally meaningless to you. And you know and you think that you ought to do something different, but really prayer is just boring. It's something that you endure, not something that you enjoy. If prayer is a duty for you, then you've missed the total point of prayer. We're going to spend some time in, in John 15. If you have your Bibles, go to, go to John chapter 15. It's actually in the middle of a, a section that's kind of written together. Chapters 13, 14, 15, 16 are Jesus' last words to his disciples. It's the last discussion that Jesus had before he, he went with uh, to the cross. He's telling people constantly, I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to go back to heaven. I'm not going to be here physically, but I'm going to be here spiritually. I'm going to put my Holy Spirit into your life, and you can still talk to me, and that's going to be prayer. And so we're going to look at four things today about prayer. The very first one, prayer is an act of dedication. It's an opportunity for us to actually express our devotion to God and our dependence on God. It's an act of of dedicating ourselves of us saying, God, I need you. See, the biggest problem that we have in prayer is that we don't feel like we need to depend on God. We think we can do it ourselves. Adam and Eve, all through life, since Adam and Eve, man has vastly overestimated our ability. (laughs) The biggest problem in prayer is admitting that you and I need help. The reason why a lot of people don't pray is because it costs. And it costs us our honesty. You have to be honest to God in prayer. You have to say, I admit I'm inadequate. I'm helpless. I need your help, God. As long as you and I think we're self-sufficient, 
Prayer has no meaning for us. We think like we've got it all together. Prayer is an act of dedication. God, I admit I have a need. God, I need your help in my life. Prayer is a declaration of dependence. It's our way of saying, this proves, God, I'm depending on you. Jesus is giving an illustration of of a plant. In John 15, many of you have turned there. Jesus says, I'm like a vine and you are like the branches. Here's what it says in verse 5. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, separate from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches need to be picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Friends, that's an unbelievable promise in prayer. The branch is connected to the vine or the stem. If you cut the branch off, it loses all its strength, its power. If you are a Christian off from God, you wither. This week I I read about deep sea divers. They recovered some gold. That uh, The article that I was reading, it was talking about they had recovered some gold off a sunken ship in the North Atlantic. They talked about how they let a diving bell down 800 feet under the water. The only link between the people 800 feet below the water was the hose of air. The hose was the lifeline, the support system, the connection to what was above and those below. Friends, prayer is your support system. You cut it off and you run out of spiritual air. Prayer is always an act of dedication. Prayer always shows your dependence to God. Until we realize we need God, we can't really pray. This, the second thing, prayer is an act of, of communication. We know this. Most of our problems in life are communication problems. Communication with your wife, your husband, your business, your employees. Most problems in life come from our lack of communicating properly. You can't understand a person in marriage unless you communicate with them. And you can't understand God's will for your life unless you communicate with God. You can't communicate with someone unless you know your relationship with them. Look back at John 15. John 15 verse 15 and 16 says this, I, God, no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear much fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. He says, God says, the reason you can ask for anything in prayer is because, friends, we are God's friends. Isn't that amazing? God looks at us and says, I don't treat you like servants. I don't treat you like slaves. I treat you as friends. We seldom pray. We have a hard time praying because we fail to recognize that we 
of, of what the privilege it is to talk to God. In this very passage in John 15, you're invited to converse with the Creator. You're not working with some little bureaucratic person. God says, I'm the King of kings, I'm the Lord of lords, and you are my friend and I want to talk to you. It's dedication, but it's also communication. You see, the the problem I have is I have a hard time believing that God really is interested in us. We can't seem to convince that the creator, seem to convince ourselves that the creator of the entire universe is interested in our car payments, our mortgage, buying new clothes for our kids for school, the guy at work who irritates us, and the fact that we have back problems and everything else. When you fully discover how much God really loves you, prayer will no longer be a problem for you. The problem is not, I have to pray. The problem is that you and I don't realize how much God cares and loves us. You see, we love to talk to the people who love us the most. If you find prayer is a duty, a ritual, a a routine that you don't look forward to going through, it means you don't understand how much God's in love with you and how much he is interested in everything that is of interest to you. Sure, if you have to go to God and talk to him about things of no interest, who's going to want to do that? But God keeps saying to us, we're friends. Prayer is an act of dedication. It's our way to express our dependence on God. Prayer is an act of communication. It's how we communicate with God. And the third thing, here's a fancy biblical word, prayer is an act of supplication. We could simply put request, supplication is request. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything with your prayers and your supplications, make your requests known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, the result of your asking The result of your requests in prayer always is a peace of mind. John 16, 24 says, Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Jesus is talking and he says this, I will tell you the the truth. The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I want to encourage you, someday... Go through all the times in the New Testament and circle the word whatever. He says, whatever you ask, whatsoever you pray, if you ask for anything, the fact of the matter is prayer is God's chosen method to meet your needs. The Bible teaches that there are some things that God has promised to do only if we pray. Some people think, God knows what I need, so why should I pray? He'll give it to me when I need it. Friends, that's not true. God has set it up in his plan that there are some things he will only do if we ask, if we pray. When we read the New Testament and read about the New Testament Christians, they were unbelievable. They were happy. They were joyful. They were contagious. 
They were enthusiastic about life. They had power in their lives. They saw miracles happening on a regular basis. You would ask a typical New Testament Christian, how's it going? And the New Testament Christian would say, business as usual, one miracle after another. You and I might say this, why don't we have that kind of power? Why don't we have the same kind of power that they had in the New Testament? It's because we don't ask. James 4, 2 through 3 says this, You have not because you ask not. Over 20 times in the New Testament, in the Bible it says, Ask. Ask and seek. Knock. Keep on asking. There's a story of a guy who died and went to heaven. All over heaven were these warehouses. Inside these warehouses were tremendous gifts, fantastic things, spiritual situations, homes, jobs, happy families, all kinds of neat gifts. The guy said, Lord, what are all these gifts? Jesus said, there is a tag on every one of these gifts. And the tag says the same thing. So he goes over to look at the tag, and the tag reads, Never asked for. C.H. Spurgeon, a great pastor in London, England, once said this, God never shuts his storehouses until you shut your mouth. You have to ask. Prayer is an act of supplication. Maybe this is a good time for us just to stop for a second and kind of do a mental inventory. What are you lacking right now in your life simply because you've never asked God for it? You've tried other things. You've tried to solve it yourself, but you've never stopped to ask God for it. What do you ask for? You ask for what you want. God's not interested in you asking for something you don't want. That's foolishness. Ask for what you want. Psalm 145 verse 15 says, The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. I want to encourage you in your prayer life, don't just ask for your needs. Ask for your desires. Why? Because if you're walking in step with God, if you're revering God, your desires are always going to be right. Listen to these verses. Psalm 37 verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you're delighting yourself in God, if you're doing your best as you know how, the Holy Spirit is alive in your life, your desires aren't going to be wrong. Psalm 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a, man, is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. God's not up there holding things back and saying, you got to convince me to give it to you. God says, ask. I'm trying to tell you, friends, that God is intensely interested in every factor of your life. He says, you're my friends. I'm interested. Prayer is an act of dedication, dependence. It's an act of communication. It's an act of supplication. Why does God want us to ask in prayer? John 15, 11 says this. I've told you this 
so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Friends, if you ask God, it actually makes you happy. As a father, I love to grant the requests of my two daughters. Even if I know they don't need it, I like to give it to them. God says this, ask that your joy may be complete, may be full. When you ask, everybody gets blessed. God gets blessed because it shows his nature as a giver. You get blessed because you get an answer to your request. The world gets blessed because all of a sudden we have a testimony to tell. One thing about people who have answered prayers is that they can't keep it to themselves. They have to share it. Listen to these verses from Luke chapter 11. Jesus is talking and says this in Luke 11 verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, gives him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, you give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? If I, Matt as an imperfect dad, knows how to give good gifts, and I know how to answer the requests of my children, how much more does God, who's perfect, in perfect love, knows how to give good gifts. Well, let's wrap this up. Prayer is always an act of cooperation. It's, it's us aligning with God. God has sovereignly chosen in his plan that we cooperate in his plan by praying and helping see his word, his work, be done here on earth. Prayer is God's program. Prayer is God saying, I have chosen to limit myself to what I accomplish on earth simply by limiting myself to the faith of what my children are on earth. What they believe for, I will actually do. Probably the most amazing verse in the Bible is what I'm going to share next, John 14. Just before John 14 in verse 11, Jesus says this, Believe me when I say that the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe the evidence of the miracles themselves. Look at John 14, verse 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Father may be glorified in the Son. Have you been doing what Jesus has been doing? Have you been raising any dead lately, healed any sick? Friends, I think this is the hardest verse in the Bible to believe. He says, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I'd have to admit to you, friends, as your pastor, if there's any verse in the Bible that I have a hard time believing, it's this verse. I don't see myself doing greater things than Jesus. Do you see yourself doing greater things than Jesus? I don't think so. That's kind of a hard verse to believe, but he says, anyone who believes in me will do what I've been doing and even greater things. I honestly have a hard time accepting that verse until one day this week I got smart and read the verse right underneath it. And all of a sudden it makes sense. 
John 14, verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. How is it possible to do greater miracles than Jesus? Simple. Through prayer. When we pray, it can do greater things than Jesus did while he was on earth. You say, how is that possible? Simple. Prayer is not limited by time nor space. It's, limited, it's limitless in scope. When Jesus was here on earth, he voluntarily limited himself by becoming a human. By God coming in human form, he said, I only can be in one place at one time. And I can't be in the past, I can't be in the present, and the future at the same time. Jesus was saying, I can only be here at this time and in this place. He was limited to do miracles within the vicinity of where he was. But friends, prayer is not limited by time and space. Prayers are not limited by time. The prayers of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago are still being answered today. The prayers that I pray today can be answered three weeks from today. They're not limited by time. Prayer is not limited by space. Prayer is limitless in its power. People may reject your appeals. They might reject your arguments. They may even reject you as a person. But they're totally defenseless against your prayers. They have no defense system. Prayers go straight to the heart of God. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says this, In the Lord's hand... The king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. Just like a stream of water, God can change the course of history by prayer. Many times, I have people who come kind of discouraged with an impossible situation to me. They come and say, I'm so discouraged, I don't know what to do. I guess the only thing left to do is pray. I want to say, great, at least you have the... You've got a resource that the world doesn't have. If you pray, you can make the impossible possible. All of a sudden, you're not trying to work it on your own. You've got God's power behind you. Six times in John 15, Jesus says this, If you ask, I will answer. If you ask, I will do. He says, your part is the asking. My part is the doing. Here's a... Here's a thing that I, I want you to understand. Who are going to be the heroes in heaven? Is it the Billy Grahams of the world? Is it the great Christian leaders? I don't think so. The heroes in heaven are the little unknown people who prayed for the front men. The people who prayed for the so-called superstars of Christianity. And God blessed those guys' ministry because the little people prayed. There's no little people in God's eyes. Prayer is the most important thing you can do. D.L. Moody, a great pastor, once said this, Every great movement, every great movement of God can be traced to a single, praying, kneeling figure. In the future... We're going to talk about how do you pray specifically and get answers? How do you pray for other people? How do you pray for an impossible situation? And what do you do when it looks like the answer isn't coming through? 
Friends, I want Daybreak to be a praying church. A praying church is a holy church, a committed church. When you pray, it makes you sensitive to God and to other people. A praying church is an enthusiastic church. We're excited. Churches that pray see miracles, and people get excited. We need miracles. So, we're taking this journey on Believe for It. It's going to take miracles for some of those Believe for It moments to actually become true. Some of you need personal miracles. A miracle in your marriage. Some of you need a miracle in your health. Some of you need a miracle in your job or your finances. A growing, praying church is a church that sees God act. God acts according to prayer. A praying church is a happy church. When you pray and get answers, your joy is full. There's nothing more fun than seeing answers to prayer. You get excited. It's contagious. People want to join. Let's pray. God, thank you for the opportunity to share your words on prayer. If I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. God, if you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. These are not Matt's words that are written in such a way that that sound good. We want it to be your words. We give you permission to speak to us, to change us. God, thank you for convicting me this week about my prayer life and how often it's just an afterthought. May you bless the icing on the cake after I've done what I need to. God, may I first go to prayer. We love the example that you show with your son. Early morning, he went to prayer. If anyone didn't need to pray, it was Jesus. But just like Jesus wanted to understand the heartbeat of his father, we want to understand the heartbeat of of our father. Lord, we love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.